Hey everyone, welcome to season two where we'll be examining placement within a movement. For most of us, this season will be full of new information, so in order to keep confusion to a minimum, let me give a brief intro. Let's remember this fact. A movement of God looks more like an organism than an organization. Organisms do two things. One, they reproduce, which we cannot forget that multiplying disciples is our primary job. But number two, organisms strengthen as they grow. This should be a natural process and most easily accomplished when our community is still small and fluid. We get into all kinds of trouble when we start a church as an organization and then wonder why we're not growing like an organism later. Too often our idea of church, especially church leadership, is restricted to 10 white dudes in a boardroom making decisions for the rest of us. But Jesus' idea of leadership is much broader. He has equipped each of us with gifts that should readily be released instead of jealously protected. So here in season two, we will help you figure out what your gifts are and what gifts other people have that, quite frankly, you need to make room for. With that, welcome to season two of We Have Permission a podcast designed to awaken and empower the ordinary person towards one extraordinary mission. Your permission starts now. Hello, great to have you back for episode two of season two. Uh, For those of you who've been tracking along with us, we've been diving into the concepts of APEST, so Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist, Shepherd, Teacher, And on this week's episode, uh, we're diving into profit. And so, Pete, uh, you've got uh, a great story that you heard uh, that is is a great jumping off spot for us. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we got a lot to get to today. And so I want to just jump right in by by telling a story that um, actually it was just an illustration that I heard from Brian Sanders. He preached this about 10 years ago, and he talked about the most innovative group of people on the face of the planet come from the Pentagon. It's the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, DARPA for short. Hmm. And and they came about um, in 1957 because the Russians surprised us with a little present called Sputnik. Yep. And the intent there was to say, okay, we don't like surprises. That's what basically (laughs) they said. And they they created a... uh, a whole department that was um, intended to be um, put in place to make sure that we're not going to be surprised again. And so their mission statement is to prevent and create technological surprise. Hmm. I think that's really kind of a cool, a cool deal. And so consequently, they've become the most innovative group of people in our modern era. And they've invented little things like the Internet email, Google Maps, Siri, and GPS, to name a few. (laughs) And their approach is simple. They take a group of people from around the country that are specialized in certain areas, and they bring them together to solve problems. And I think that's a pretty interesting Hmm. approach, is that you you don't just work there full-time. The only people that work there full-time are the people that are recruiting other people to come work for them. Okay. And... um, I really liked what they described themselves as, as a collection of remarkably talented, deeply committed, hand-picked people who are motivated by real-life challenges that no one else can solve 
and they come together to surprise the world and make it better. Hmm. I want the church to be DARPA. <laughs> yeah. I want yeah. us to surprise the world. Hmm. And we, by and large, are not surprising. Yeah. The church is not something that is really surprising the world. People know pretty much what to expect. It is, um, it's telling when we just we start so many of the churches that are all trying to recruit or draw in the same 20%. Hmm. And what are we going to do to engage with the 80% that's going to surprise the world and make it a better place? Yeah. And so this is where, really what I want to launch off with is that I, I would like us to not only activate you know um, certain certain gifts but all of the gifts right that we would be the kind of people that would recruit all of these yeah, gifts the apostles prophets evangelists yeah. shepherds team we're going to come together and we're going to solve real problems that no one else will solve and we're going to surprise the world by by engaging with them that that excites me in a very very deep and personal way um so I guess that's kind of where I wanted to launch off with um, to kind of get us going, just to start thinking about how can we surprise uh, the world. Okay, so there is a there is a sort of the apostles kind of go out front. We said earlier they lay, lay foundations, and soon uh, after them, sort of the next role within the context of the full expression that is needed is the prophet. Yeah. So talk to me about that relationship and their side of the, the page that we've been talking yeah. about. Yeah. So again, if we can be tracking left side of the page to the right side of the page, chaos towards order, our apostles and our prophets, they, they tend to they tend to live on that left side. They tend to live in, out in the unknown um, where there's a lot more faith and a lot more organicness involved. And so um, the apostles and the prophets tend to team up pretty naturally. Okay. Um, they sometimes drive each other crazy. I think I mentioned that in our last episode. But they tend to they tend to have some tension with each other at times. But it's the good kind of tension. Like I, I need that kind of tension. Sometimes, like a husband and wife need the, yeah. they're they're totally together and they're totally in the same direction. But they kind of need to bring their different gifts involved to do that. But they are both very much. Um, starters and um, entrepreneurial kind of guys. So let's talk about the uh, what is the passion of the prophet? Yeah, so yeah, if we're, we're going to look at the same three characteristics as we did last week of, of the apostle and now the prophet, the passion of a prophet would be intimacy with God. Okay. And uh, the, the the prophets I know, I just I just respect them so much. Like they they feel what God feels, hmm. and they and they long for that intimacy. And in that intimacy, I believe that they begin to have their hearts broken for the things that break God's heart. Hmm. So that oftentimes leads them to be people that are social justice activists, okay. um, they begin to say, hey, this this thing in town breaks God's heart. Let's do something about it. And it's not motivated out of the vision first, but out of this, this heart exactly. for God, the things that are breaking God's heart. Exactly. That's where their motivation exactly. comes from. So in that case, what's their fuel? They are fueled by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> 
And if you are looking at the apostle, I would say his, his fuel is more of the vision that he carries. Um, and the fuel of the, of the prophet is the Holy Spirit. Which one would you rather trust? My, my vision or, someone, someone, or the <laughs> Holy Spirit? Which is why they work well together. And <laughs> exactly. This, uh, the, the prophet is, is sort of at times reigning uh, the apostle in. Yep. Um, hey, like vision's great, but not at the cost. Yeah. of God's heart and out of the cause of what the Lord's saying. Remember. And this is, um, you know, the prophet is not the teacher. Right. A lot of times there's this sense that if you're speaking for the Lord, that there's this educational teaching, new information, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when really uh, everyone's heard that phrase that more often than not people need to be reminded more than they need to be instructed. Oh, and boy. Say that again. <laughs> more often than not, people need to be reminded more than they need to be instructed. Yeah. And prophets yeah. are reminders. Yes. They are constantly calling us back. Even in the context of people who don't have a relationship with God, they're calling them back to something they inherently, innately know to be true, but they have yet to really give credit to where that truth comes from. Yep. But the prophets are the, those who are constantly drawing us back. All right, so if their fuel is this Holy Spirit and they're constantly speaking on behalf and reminding people uh, about what the Lord has to say... Um, uh, then their role, if, if their fuel is the Holy Spirit, their role is what? Contagious insight. Okay. Um, and they, they would be truth tellers. Hmm. And you will find out later that our teachers are also truth tellers, but our teachers are a lot more concerned about truth over a long period of time. They don't really care how long it takes they want the process of you sink, well, sinking in, and it's it's a little bit more of a slow approach. Okay. But the prophet, it's like, what is the truth that needs to be heard right here, right now, here today? Now. Yeah. This is your truth for you, and there's just there's that, uh, I, I guess that higher pace that that mm-hmm. keeps pace with the apostle. Okay. So they can be moving along and say, don't forget this, don't forget that, okay. and we just we just keep on moving. So. The apostles and the prophets are very fast-paced, okay. <laughs> and our shepherds and teachers in our order on the right side of the yep. page are, are, are just a little bit more thorough, and sure. that's 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 their gift. Yeah. So anyway, this is this is the difference. Okay. Um, I think too um, what what people say about these people when you're around them for a longer period of time. Um, in the same way last week, the, the apostles, if you hang around an apostle, they would say, I can do it. When you hang around a prophet, you just tend to say, I love God. <laughs> you know, I just, I just love God. And I think yeah. we all know those people. Yeah. That when you're around them, they just, they just have a way of being intimate with the Lord. They don't even have to say much to you. Yeah. But you can see it in the way they carry themselves, yep. who they are that they walk with Jesus. Yes. And when they are, when you're around those people, you just want, I want to be like that. When they walk in a room, you know. Yeah. Like, especially for all of us, uh, if we are desiring more of God, greater relationship with God, yeah. there's just something about a, a, a God-ordained prophet that when they walk in a room, you yeah. just know. Right. <laughs> Absolutely true. As well as the words that are communicated there's a there's this sense of you just know, but uh, talk to me about 
the way they speak and and how how we take that in. Yeah, uh, if we look biblically, I think in the Old Testament we have the role of the prophet because they they were the ones that were kind of the mouthpiece for the rest of the of the world, or the rest of the people. Um, now that we're living under a new covenant where Jesus's atonement has given us all access to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We all have opportunity, I think, to hear from him and to yes. to have intimacy with him and to 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 be convicted by him. Yes. But we still even today need our prophets because we need, as you said before, to be reminded. Yeah. And we need to be reminded about some of the deepest and most most foundational things like you are loved. Yeah. Um, grace is everything and ever available like, and ever available yeah. and and you have worth i mean mm. these these are big concepts that i think our, our prophetic people need to share now yes there's there's the spirit within you and there's the word of god yeah. those those are two forms of truth that come to yes. us but our prophetic people i think have been oftentimes put too much in the corner. We need to put them a little more in the front of the room or the center of the room to speak those things to us, to to be able to speak to our souls and, and remind us of what God sees in us. Oh, when I hear you communicating that last piece, uh, it is evident you can say those words with conviction because you've experienced. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you've experienced what it is to have... Um, Mm-hmm. A loving prophetic voice in your life. Yes. Tell me about that. Uh, one of my alums is just become someone who's absolutely dear to me, mm-hmm. and uh, she's very different than me. She's she's I'm not as prophetic, and my wife is not as prophetic. And we had her in our home uh, when she was a student, and as she began to live with us, um, it just became clear that that, that she has an in tune with with God yeah that that is beautiful and if we didn't have her in our home maybe we wouldn't have been able to trust it or see it or understand it as much and we joke you know even today like why do we like each other <laughs> like we we are so different from each other and it is it is really funny because um, a lot of a lot of uh, prophetic kind of people haven't been naturally um, as part of my life in the past. And so anyway, this person has been, um, uh, this woman um, has been a, a big role with me. And now, especially that I'm in this apostolic role of traveling the country and I go to a new place and I trying to lay new foundations. Yeah. Um, I'll call her, I'll call her in the driveway before I walk into this place and say, have, have you, have you received anything from God? Have you dreamt anything or have you seen anything? It's, un, it's uncanny. The things I'll, I'll, I'll save some of the, some of the details, just because I don't want to get too weird, but she she will she will see things, and 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 there is something about this other world of spirituality that I think is is real, and there's this land of mystery that, yep. that she kind of helps me navigate in a very non scary way, yep. and yet it's very real. Yeah, and and the way you know it's real, um, and, and you and I have both experienced. Uh, people who have said they are prophetic, and yet we've had some unique yeah. interactions. And then those who don't walk around saying I'm prophetic, who walk around speaking right. <laughs> uh, this truth, and what happens as a result when it's from God, when it mm-hmm. really is a 
and a prophetic voice worth listening to is it brings about the fruits of God's spirit. Yes. It is uh, confirmed uh, in, a, in a thousand intangible ways that, that you mentioned the word earlier, weird. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like nailing jello to a wall. It's super hard to quantify or to put into some bucket uh, because it's mysterious because it's the way the Holy Spirit is really depicted all throughout. Yeah scripture and history of just this thing that you just can't quite bottle um right and yet it brings about love joy peace patience it it reminds you of who you are whose you are all of those things you talked about now on the flip side yeah we've had some interesting interactions yeah yes (laughs) yes yes we have um before i get to that i i I think i want to make sure that we we hear that that some of these people um, are often very lonely because mm. they they tell the truth and they they're compelled to say what this is what God has told me this is what God is feeling I got to be a truth teller I got to be a communicator of oftentimes bad news or convicting news yeah. and it kind of puts them in a place where they're often alone they don't always need validation though from from people because um, them and Jesus are good. Yeah, they they know they know what's going down. They they they're pretty confident in themselves and well in, in Christ in them. Um, so that's that's pretty neat. Um, but yeah, like you said, there there are some there are some people that I think have abused this in the past, and I think we've all heard of sure abuse in this category. And I will say this: there's probably nothing more damaging to a community of believers potentially than the abuse of the apost- or the, of the prophetic gifts. Why do you say that? Uh, I've seen it firsthand. <laughs> um, I think a lot of times people get really confused because somebody will come in with a, a specific thing that say you're going to marry this person or you're going to receive this amount of cash or you're going to do some, some, some things like that and then it doesn't come true and then there's people that are saying, well, wait, I thought that I thought they were godly, or thought they, and, and there's just all of this big yeah. mass um, that's steering away from this unity that is ultimately being wrapped up in this context of Ephesians four that we're talking about. Yeah, it, it's heading away from that, not bringing more of it. Yeah, and I think I think we have to understand that just because there might be a couple of people that have been bad apples doesn't mean that we throw the whole yeah. idea of prophetic out. Yeah. You know, and, and and I get that. Like I've got empathy for you've had someone walk into your life and say God's going to do this, and right? And when it doesn't turn out exactly that way, or there's just some funky things that happen there, I get that we have a tendency to then just want to build walls and to say I'm y'all don't. If you're saying that, you don't have room yep. to speak into yep. my life, right? Right. However, we're missing out on something. Yeah. Um, because you I, did that, you built some walls. Oh yeah, because of some of. Oh yeah, I was I was very much keeping keeping people that were unexplainable away from me. If I can't explain this, then I don't really want to deal with this. What made you pivot? I think I think having this alum in my life now was big. Um, talking to a number of people um, this last year that. Are 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 deeply prophetic and prayerful, and mm-hmm. seeing how they're using the prophetic gift to um, 
to move things. Well, to, to, even in a strategic way. Um, there's a missionary that was in Egypt that was scoping out new 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 place to to plant and to expand the kingdom of heaven. And um, and he says, Pete, I don't know how you feel about these things, but I have a woman that's very prophetic that I take with me on these trips, and <laughs> we pray, and um, and she can see the spiritual. And I was like, What you what you talking about? You know, <laughs> hair stands up in the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and he says we were one time. He says we were in this place where we were along a really busy street and we were in, I think it was in Egypt and up ahead it was this brothel mm. and he says I knew that that was a brothel but this woman didn't necessarily know this was a brothel but she saw up ahead and she says I can see darkness an evil spirit um, hovering over this building and it's pulling people in and, um, and this guy says could we just pray that that spirit is gone or yeah. moves and she said absolutely and so they prayed and that spirit moves inside she said it moved inside to this place and it wasn't hovering into the street anymore and um and he says well can we get it out of there and she says well that's that's where that's where it lived that's where the spirit is and 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 and, 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 and as he explained more about it he asked, well, why can't we get it out of there? And she says, because there's no presence of Christ in there. There's not us in there. We're not praying in there. And she said these words. She said, and it has the right to be there because this, he's been there all along. Mm-hmm. And this comes kind of stems back to our idea of territory and like yeah. moving the kingdom of heaven into the kingdom of darkness. Mm-hmm. That, that, that is a weird story. Yeah. You know, that is, that is not something I'm used to. Yeah. But I'm also... To be honest, I feel like, admittedly so, I've been somebody that's been very um, isolated in some ways with yeah. some of these some of these things. And I'm not saying that we necessarily all are going to be no. needing to surround ourselves with people that see evil spirits and things no, no, of that no. nature. But but if that if that that is a real gift and that is a real tool, then we need to be thinking about how to activate this and how to use this. And in it, yeah. Um, I've had some experiences, um, you and I both, I think we've, we've heard of some of these experiences where we've had some people coming in, being in campus ministry. Hmm. Boy, you're just open to all kinds of denominational backgrounds yeah. and different things. And, and I just well, remember... the beautiful parts of the campus. <laughs> yeah. I remember years back we had a group of people that came into our ministry kind of on the fringe. They... They were, they were secretive about it. They were only pulling certain people into this uh, group. And they were experiencing some very crazy and outlandish kind of experiences that we've heard about with, with the, prophetic, uh, the prophetic world that, that just caused all kinds of confusion within our ministry. And we had to talk about it, and they were out of control. It was, very, it was a very uh, sensationalized, experiential okay. thing. And I just remember we, we, at that point, had to have a very candid conversation with, within our ministry. And those guys were present. It was, it was tense. Yeah. And we just read Ephesians 5, or Galatians 5, and we listed the fruit of the Spirit. And yeah. the last one being uh, self-control. Yeah. And saying that, that that is a fruit. Yes. And where, where is that at yes. in this whole thing? And yeah. so, um, so I, 
I, I just say that to illustrate that I've had some negative experiences. Sure. I've had some things that I think have set our whole community back because everyone's wondering and questioning and, yep. you know, all of all of the things that come with a new believer, Absolutely. especially young college students. Yeah. So, and yet, the, I, like you, I've got, I've got two particular individuals who are prophetic in my life uh-huh. who have, uh, I have grown to trust. Um, there's a, a longevity to their fruit in their rearview mirror. Right. Um, one of the things that I appreciate most is they have a tendency to pull me aside when no one else is looking. And, uh, and they ask more questions before they give statements to see if I'm ready to even receive yeah. what they have to say. There's just so much of that self-control. There's so much love yeah. and joy and peace. Yep. about them in this there's yep. a fire there like they've got something to communicate and to say uh and yet there's this healthy tension yep. inside of them that i have come to just trust trust and they both when they walk in the room <laughs> yep. i know and um and in fact one of these voices uh pulled me aside one day because they know there's a there's a, a portion of this prophetic that's a part of part of my gifting and my and my gift set too and he just said you know Robbie sometimes God has things he wants to say to you that are just for you they're not meant to necessarily be told to the yeah. world and I in my immaturity used to think every time I heard something from the Lord yeah. that that had the potential to positively impact other people that I needed to say it from the rooftops yeah. and uh, and wouldn't it be that this trusted consistent prophetic voice in my life would pull me aside and say yeah. hey sometimes these things are are, are not they're just for you to hold yeah Huh. <laughs> right? one, one of the most mature prophetic people I know, she just paints pictures. Hmm. She She's very artistic, which is also a, a, usually a, a side benefit to a prophet, is yep. that they have artistic abilities or music or something. But she's very artistic. And she will be praying for people, and images will come into her mind, and yep. she will just paint a picture to them and hand it to them so that she wouldn't sound weird. She said, I don't yep. want to come up and say, I received a word, and this is what I think, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and she says, Especially when I, there's not deep relationship or a stressful yeah. relationship. Yeah. But how, you, how cool is that? Yeah. Give, give them a picture and see if it starts up conversation. I was yep. like, that is hmm. mature. Yeah. It's really, really mature. Okay, so... You, you're, you're talking about you and I both about we've experienced this maturity that comes and and one of the things we're doing as we talk about each of these is talking about there's there's some immature mistakes oftentimes that each of these giftings yep. can can fall into and so let's let's call those out just so as we're helping people harness these gifts and use them for the good of the kingdom uh, that they're just aware so what are some of those Characteristics that jump out sometimes of an immature. Oh, number one, they may communicate in broad strokes. So they they get they get convicted about drinking. So it's something everybody's got to hear this one message about. You can't yeah. be drinking or something of like that. That's a, that's an immature response. Um, uh, they'll look for the miraculous validation. So in order to just say, hey, I'm validated because of who I am and what God told me, and this is, this is the truth, I'll let the chips fall. Yeah. Sometimes they, they, they're seeking a little bit more of, but, but well, I need to have a miracle attached to yeah. this or something. A something, little bit of a show out a show, there. Right, right. Uh, a lot of times it's a specific number or it's a, it's a specific thing that will come to pass, and that's, 
Yeah. It's not always, but it's it's a it's just a something to be aware of. Yeah. Um, sometimes they will run to the opposite end of the page and live on the left side of the page where it's just just dependence on God and nothing human engineered. Hmm. Um, say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about that or, or maybe even say, staying away from medicine. We've heard of extreme mm-hmm. cases like that. It's like, I'm just going right. to rely on prayer and let God heal my son or something like yeah. that. Um, I think the other, maybe the last one, and this is one we've pretty much talked about, two other um, and other examples, but just just a love for the extreme, yeah. I think, sometimes um, can come through. Because a the prophet's going to see things extreme. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and when his experience is deep and is real and he is in tune with Jesus, I mean, you want other people to know that. And you want people to experience that. And so there tends to be a leaning into the extreme. And we just have to, if you're prophetic, we have to trust that God will speak to people on his terms too. And that we, just as he did with you, um, and to trust that. Okay, so um, I think in closing, as we, 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 we head towards the practical application, uh, I know you had an experience um, over in Peoria that, that really meant a lot. It did. To you and, and as has helped you kind of bring down some of those walls and, and, and yep. welcome this prophetic gifting in yep. the context. Of, so tell us about that. Yeah, I had a, I had a student, uh, it was three or four years ago, that came to me and he, he said, Pete, in high school I was reckless, I was into drugs, I was sleeping with everyone, and, and it, was a, it was a very destructive lifestyle. And He says, I got invited into a prophetic room um, where people would pray and would talk to me prophetically about what they saw and he says they they saw things um, things that I've who I who I was and what I was doing and um, he said it it shocked me to the point where he said his terms it wrecked me Hmm. so my assumption was that they were telling him things and saw things in his life that were very specific to the lifestyle that he was currently leading. And I was kind of scared. I was thinking, oh, man, that's... So, of course, what his... his and it, as a young person, you know, he said, I want this for everyone. I want all <laughs> of your students, all 300 students, to be and have the same experience. To which I said something to the effect of, hell no, I believe. I think that, <laughs> yeah, I think that was exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> um and they said, well, what about the staff? And I said, well, you can ask them, but they'll probably tell you no. Um, but for whatever reason, I said, the way you're asking me right now, I'll do it. I'll go. And so he said, okay, great. And his last words to me before I went is he said, you're going to love this. Um, they are some heavy hitters. And I thought, oh, boy, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> it's just leading you down the road of all of the so, sensational. And, yeah, yeah. so I, I'm driving, driving driving on this highway over to Peoria. I'm thinking, what did I get myself into? And what I did is I walked into an incredibly positive, non-weird experience. Okay. Um, I was expecting some speaking in tongues. I was expecting some things that I wasn't normally used to. And and what really what it was is it was a circle of about six to eight people. They had the Bible open. One girl was just praying to herself. The rest of them were just speaking to me as I'm speaking to you. And they were telling me things like, 
you love your kids and you're a leader and you're going to do great things and things that things that were semi-specific but not super specific and at the same time it just moved me to tears it was it was a very meaningful moment for me mm-hmm. and it was what i like to say um supernaturally natural <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't an out of body experience weird it was just this beautiful intense moment and at the end of that night i asked them some questions i said can i ask you two questions and they said sure i said one why didn't you speak in tongues and they said well we didn't feel like you'd be comfortable with that so we didn't do that so there there is some self-control yeah there's some maturity there right and something that I thought was beautiful. Just, the, just, just that. Some love. They didn't even ask. They just didn't <laughs> yeah. do it, right? But the other thing, and this is what really moved me, and it's something that I've shared the story to lots of people over the years because it's meant so much to me. Is I said, well, I know that when you talked to this student before, uh, he said that the things you said wrecked him, hmm. and I can only assume that that. Was, was listing out some things that were negative and were, were, were listing out some things that were accurate to the state that he was in. I'm, I'm in a position where I'm actually a pretty easy guy to encourage. I've been married to the same woman for 25 years. I've got five kids, adopted two, lead a ministry. I said, you said everything to me very positively, which leads me to think, what, what do you say to the kid mm-hmm. that's really strung out? that's yeah. really rebellious, that's really just full of angst and anger and, do, and just um, all of the things that make his life a mess. And that's when she reached over and she patted my hand, and I'll just get choked up talking about it, but she did it was the simplest little thing she said. She said, oh, sweetie, <laughs> we tell them the same things. In other words, God sees the good. And when, and when this, the student said that he was wrecked, he wasn't wrecked by the things that they said that were negative. They were saying, hey, God sees this greatness in you and this beauty in you. He sees this purity in you. Mm. And when he heard that, of course he was wrecked. Yeah. And those are the things that I think we, we need a little more of that in the world. Mm. And so um, as our practical application... To the ordinary person. To those of you who do not know much about prophetic or do not have a lot of them in your life, I say find them. <laughs> I say listen to them. And I say this, let them be a mouthpiece for God to surprise the world. Hmm. And now not surprise them with the things that they already know of how bad they are, but to surprise them with grace and with truth that God is seeing things in them that they may have not ever seen in themselves because he made them. Mm. 